I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank and Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome, Vicki. What do you have for us today? Hi, Patty. We've talked before about Craigslist scams that involve home rentals, and that's where the scammer uses pictures of properties that he takes from legitimate listings of home that are for rent or for sale. And then he sets up his own website advertising these same places for rent, always at a very attractive price. And of course, if victims try to rent the home off of the scammer's website, the crook takes their money and the victims have no rental. I remember this is what happened to our recent guest from Montecito Bank and Trust, Doris Roof. They had their house advertised for sale and even had an open house scheduled. Some scammer used the information off the listing and set up a fake website advertising the house for rent. That's right, and I remember she said that they had a record crowd for the open house because the listed rental price on the fake website was so low. So, of course, people showed up thinking they were going to rent the house, not realizing it was actually for sale. Well, Patty, the Craigslist scam that I'm going to talk about today has to do with the sale of a car. Hmm. I know that some of the fake advertisements on Craigslist involve out-of-state sales. Is that the case here? Yes. The victim lives here in Santa Barbara County, and the supposed owner of the car lives in the state of Washington. Now, these long-distance transactions are always tricky because the opportunity for fraud is so great. Is that because the buyer probably doesn't want to travel out of state to complete the sale? That's right. And the victim in this case, who I'll call Fred, really didn't want to go to the state of Washington to see the car and complete the sale. But he really wanted this particular card, which was apparently hard to find, at the price offered. That's a red flag, isn't it? If the price is lower than what you would normally expect to pay for the product? Yes, for sure. That's one red flag. But Fred had done long-distance transactions involving the sale of cars before, and they'd been successful. And the price offered wasn't that far below the norm for this particular car. So Fred had numerous phone calls with the seller, and the seller sent him lots of pictures of this car from all different angles. And the crook also sent Fred documents of title with his name and also the name of the supposed previous owner. Well, that's pretty persuasive. But couldn't the scammer have produced this document off the Internet? I suspect that that might be the case. These crooks are very adept at using the Internet to manufacture fake documents. And the seller also sent Fred a bill of sale with a purchase agreement. And the agreement had all the necessary information, the seller's business name and address, the make, model, and even the VIN number of the car, the name of the seller's bank, and the routing number. Wow. All the things you'd expect for a legitimate sale. Did Fred send money? Unfortunately, yes. He first sent a $500 deposit, which went through without problems. And the next day, he sent the balance of $9,800. Now, the agreement was that the car would be shipped and the seller would send all the delivery information. Mm, I'm assuming that didn't happen. That's correct. No car was shipped. So Fred tried to make contact with the seller again, but to no avail. 
And when he realized that he'd probably been scammed, he called the police in Yakima, Washington, and told them what had happened. And the police were cooperative. They actually paid a visit to the business address given by the crook. And of course, no one was there and there was no business. Hmm. Did Fred try to contact the bank where he wired the money? He did. Fred was pretty persistent. He tried, but with no luck. There was an account and his money went into the account, but the bank would not give him any further information and the bank was in New York. Oh, so Fred was scammed. Sadly, yes, but Fred didn't give up. He did a search online, probably on some kind of a site dedicated to car enthusiasts, looking for that particular car, giving a description and the VIN number. And he was actually able to locate the real owner of the car, but it wasn't for sale. And the owner had absolutely no knowledge that his car had been advertised for sale. Wow, this is very similar to the rental property scam. I guess the moral of the story is to be wary of Craigslist sales. That's right, Patty. And we had the same situation on the show a while ago involving the sale of a puppy who really didn't exist. I remember. That was so sad. The victim was so looking forward to getting this particular puppy. She sent the money, but the puppy never arrived. That was a particularly cruel scam. Absolutely. All right, Vicki. I'm sad now, so I'm ready for some good news. <laughs> I have some good news. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Remember before we had talked about counterfeit products being sold on Amazon and other venues? Mm-hmm. Well, a federal grand jury indicted a Chinese national in California for participating in a $23.8 million scheme to manufacture and sell Chinese counterfeit products on eBay and Amazon. This is according to an announcement from the Justice Department. And apparently this Chinese-based company was manufacturing fake lithium-ion batteries, including those that were designed for laptops. So this perpetrator and his co-conspirators would export the batteries to the United States from China and resell them as new, genuine, original, brand-name products using counterfeit trademarks of companies like Apple and Dell, HP, and Toshiba. And here's the problem. These fake lithium-ion laptop batteries can overheat, cause fires, or even explosions. So these fake batteries were actually very, very dangerous, and thank goodness investigators caught up with this guy and put a stop to this particular scam. Oh my goodness, that is good news. What a very dangerous scam, and an expensive one as well. You said $23.8 million scheme? That's a huge amount of money. That's right. And interestingly enough, this Chinese national had a property in Rancho Cucamonga, California, and the prosecutors are going to try and confiscate that property to uh, repay some of these victims. Oh, that is good news. Thank you, Vicki, for ending the show with good news. And yes. would you remind our listeners how they can get a hold of you if they want to report a scam? Of course. My phone number, and this is my direct line, is area code 805 568 And I'll say that again, 805 568 2442. Well, thank you so very much, Vicki. Bye, Patty. Bye-bye, Vicki.